You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I'm NCBA's Senior Director of Policy Communications. And joining us this week from beautiful downtown Fresno, California, is Ashley McDonald. Ashley is NCBA's Senior Director of Sustainability. For, for sustainability or of sustainability? It's, it's, it's up for negotiation, apparently. Um, as well as Dr. Frank Mitloner, who is a professor of air quality, uh, professor and air quality specialist at the University of California, Davis. Ashley and Dr. Mitloner, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. All right, Ashley, let's start with you, ladies first. Um, today, uh, we are at the U.S. Roundtable for Sustainable Beef's um, annual General Assembly, fifth annual General Assembly, and this morning, uh, you guys released uh, your framework, the sustainability framework for the beef industry. What is the framework and how do you think it's going to help improve sustainability of the beef industry? You know, the framework is a really a work product that we have been developing for the last four years. And when I say we, I mean the U.S. Roundtable for Sustainable Beef, of course, is a is a collaborative effort of folks across the entire beef community, which of course means not only just the industry, but our NGA, NGO community as well as the academic uh, community. And we really all came together and, and, you know, it took four years, so it was a struggle, but really the framework is a set of tools and resources that, um, you know, we believe that the industry um, can look to and hopefully search out opportunities uh, for continuous improvement. And the roundtable as a whole, you know, it's really our industry's kind of commitment to beef sustainability and commitment to say to consumers uh, that we are committed to actually seeking out those opportunities to improve across all the the indicators so whether that's the environment whether that's our communities uh, whether that's our animals you know we want to prove improve our sustainability footprint across the board okay dr mitloner you've done a lot of research into um you know not just sustainability specifically air quality um, can, you, can you put in perspective, I mean, I guess you, you had mentioned earlier you were on an NPR show uh, this morning um, and the issue came up and somebody said um, the beef cattle industry is the worst industry in the world for greenhouse gas emissions, for the environment. Um, can you put a little bit of perspective or put into perspective um, really why that's not true? Yeah, so first of all, the people who say these things are those that are in direct competition with beef. So the person I was on NPR 1A, that's the name of the show with, uh, his name is Patrick Brown, is the founder and CEO of Impossible Burger. And obviously he has a, a beef with beef, yes, yeah. so to say. And, um, and he said that beef is the most destructive uh, technology on use on this planet uh, today. And obviously uh, I, didn't, I didn't agree with that. Um, but uh, he was extremely aggressive uh, in that in that regards, and so um, I see people like him and uh, others, uh, you know, activist groups and so on, um, depicting the beef industry as the worst environmental culprit in the world. I mean, this is uh, it's getting ridiculous. Uh, what I can tell you is that, for example, on the carbon footprint side, uh, the beef and the dairy industry in this country are the first to benchmark where they stand on environmental footprints. And um, and they are the first to commit to further reductions. So, for example, on the beef side, we know that the beef supply chain from cradle to grave in the United States makes up 3.3% of all greenhouse gases. The transportation sector, 28%. And so on. All fossil fuels consuming sector or industries together, 80%, 80 versus 3.3 on the beef side. So I think it's really 
uh, testament that uh, great progress has been made in finding out what the impact is of the beef industry and what those pledges are for further reductions. But I think it is now high noon for that information to get out because your special friends are claiming the opposite to being true. And uh, they're using global numbers that are always higher than national numbers because we are the leader in the world on the beef side. And if you compare us to Paraguay or Ethiopia, obviously we are you know, way, way, way more advanced, um, the top performer globally. And um, what our special friends do is they use global averages. And then they uh, tell people, stop eating meat if you want to improve your environmental footprint. And that's just wrong. They know it, but they use it and the consumer is confused. Yeah, and I guess sort of exhibit A of that uh, this year politically, at least in the U.S., uh, it was the Green New Deal and uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, from New York um, put up a, a talking point memo or something on her website prematurely that famously or infamously uh, blamed, you know, implicitly uh, global warming on farting cows, quote unquote. Um, and I read that after she got some heat on that, she called you or, or her staff got in touch with you. Can you? How did that come about, and, and what, what exactly did you uh, relate to her or her staff? So about a year ago, I was asked why I'm not on Twitter. And at first, I thought Twitter is just a ridiculous thing, but I learned that it's actually very effective. And so I saw her tweet on, uh, on the cows and then responded with my own tweet basically telling her that I feel that uh, the criticism that she's placing is, uh, is misplaced and that indeed there are 800-pound gorillas that we should focus on. And uh, I was very constructive, and two hours after I sent my tweet, hers were taken down, and a week later her office contacted me, and then I had several follow-up communications with her team. And I feel that this is very, very encouraging. I feel it's very encouraging. Regardless of where we stand on which political side of the aisle, we just have to engage, particularly with people in urban centers, because they are the consumers that make buying decisions. And if they um, mention certain concerns, such as environmental footprint of what they eat, then we better listen, okay? And it's not a good idea for cattle producers to say, I don't believe in this, let me, you know, leave me alone with this. Uh, I think they need to uh, highlight what we know their impacts are what their commitments and pledges are for the future, and uh, and then they need to get credit for it. But their voices need to be heard now. Yeah, and I agree, and it's it's encouraging that you're encouraged. Um, hopefully that she hopefully she learned a few things in in her conversation with you um, earlier today at the at the. Um at the stakeholder summit, there was a consumer panel, um, and somebody asked about uh, you know the environmental impact. Most people hadn't really thought about it, but there was, and then they flashed up the number that what well, we say two percent direct emissions from cattle in the U.S. Um, of the nation's greenhouse gases. And there was a, a lady at the end of the at the end of the panel, and she said, "I've never heard that stat before." She said, "All I hear about." you know, the beef industry and cattle industry is that it's bad for the environment. And I've never seen that number put out there. So you're right. We definitely have to do a better job of getting that information out. So the 2%, you know, there's a discrepancy between the 2% number and the 3.3 I just cited. Mm -hmm. And I just want to explain that real quickly. Sure. The 2% number is from the Environmental Protection Agency for the United States. And it covers only direct emissions, so belching and manure emissions. 3.3% is all beef-related emissions, from soils to crops to animals, you know, both belching and manure, but then also transportation of goods to a distribution center and a processor and anything all the way up to the point that it enters our mouth. 
Okay. So the total impact is 3.3%. Right. Absolutely. Which, of course, means 96.7% is something else. And so if you think you're going to solve climate change by, you know, meatless Mondays or something, you're just you're totally barking up the wrong tree. Well, I can tell you a meatless Monday campaign, if all 320 million Americans would use it, would follow it, would reduce the carbon footprint of this country by 0.3%. If all 320 million Americans would become vegan, we would reduce our nation's carbon footprint by 2.6%. It's not nothing, it's something, it's, but I think everybody would agree it's very small for the price we'd pay. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Ashley, where do we go from here? Um, we have this framework now. Um, you know, what's, what's next for the, for the roundtable and, and how is this going to be implemented? Sure. I think what we've talked about so far is that the beef industry has an incredible legacy um, to build on. You know, we, we are the, the world's leader um, and we just have to continue that trend. You know, we will continue to seek out opportunities um, and improve across this country. Uh, we hope and, and through our partnership, the Global Roundtable, you know, we hope the rest of the world uh, will do that as well. And, and we can see an increased uh, or, or better footprint um, across the globe. Um, but we will take the framework and we will try to implement the framework across the United States through an educational program. This is about uh, sharing these resources and tools um, from not only the producer side of the sector, but also all the way through to retail. Uh, so whether you're at a Costco or whether you are at um, a McDonald's restaurant, we all have a role to play in beef sustainability. And we all have opportunities to improve. Um, I think the beef industry as a whole has shown that it will improve and that we will, we will never stop improving. Um, but we do think that it is important that we show this commitment to consumers so that they make sure that they um, feel good about the steak that's on their plate. All right. Ashley, congratulations on a great event. Dr. Mitloner, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef. Check us out online at policy.ncba.org and follow us on Twitter at, at Beltway Beef. Thanks for listening. <laughs>